podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. Yeah, we've drawn 0-0 at Liverpool and it's not the worst result in the world. I'm joined for the second time this season by Mr Akash Habar. Akash, how are we doing, sir? Hey, Nick. Thank you so much for having me on again. <laughs> it's all been good, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on again. No, actually, it's, it was nice when we had you on earlier on in the season, I believe. It was with Dan Hill, I think, if I remember correctly. So, and we were discussing a Leicester win, a, a win against Leicester. Um, and returning to the pod, we I, we jokingly messaged beforehand that, you know, it couldn't be any worse than last time she was on. And thankfully, it wasn't any worse than last time it was on. Last time Jess was on, we lost 3-0 to Leeds. This time, Jess, we're discussing a point at Anfield. How are we today? Hello. Um, thank you for having me. And yeah, I'm just I'm just so glad that it, it's not worse than it was last time. Um a little bit frustrating we're going to get into it but um i think there are a lot more positives and negatives today yeah indeed indeed and we will get into those as always to guess i get them just to give themselves a plug uh so jess sticking with you where can people find you on twitter uh my handle is j underline frota so j-e underline f-r-o-t-a nice one nice one and akash where can people find you uh, so my Twitter handle is Akash Hebbar CFC8, but I don't log in and log out anymore. I deactivate and reactivate. So it's highly unlikely that people find me. But yeah, uh, I'm also on Akash.Hebbar on Instagram If in case anyone's interested. Nice one. Nice one. Links will be in the description below. Right. Let's get into it. I suppose let's let's before we get into the match. Akash, I'll stick with you. Chelsea have signed yet another player this January. Uh Noni Madueke, Englishman from PSV Eindhoven. It's another attacker. Just thoughts, feelings on, on, on the deal as Chelsea continue to, to revamp their attack? Uh, so I think looking from the outside and it looks a bit spray and pray, right? It, lo- it looks a bit like a venture capital fund trying to find that one startup that will click. And a lot of people are rightly calling it a bit chaotic. But, you know, speaking to Travis uh, Crossroad CFC, you know, a great friend of ours and... Uh, a few people from the US and what they sort of say is uh, Boli was very similar when he went into uh, you know baseball as well where he did spend a lot of money trying to find the right profiles for his team and if you look at the people he's brought in since Potter came in right you, you can't really fault many of the signings uh, Kulibali is one player I had huge hopes for he didn't work as, as well as we'd hope and that, that's putting it very kindly and we've brought Benoit Badiashile in and then we have to one v one attackers in Medweke and uh, Mudrik as well, and you know I think on the right hand side, Usman Dembele was one player that he really wanted us to sign. And uh, you know, talking to CFC Central and looking at a few comps as well, Medweke I think has a few similarities. He's comfortable uh, dribbling, you know, cutting inside as well as taking people on the outside. He has a good shot on both feet. So I think early signs are it was a profile that we can definitely use, but you know only time will tell whether uh, you know his injury record or other things will come back to bite us in the ass. Ho- hopefully not. Yeah, Jesse is I guess another young player signed a, a kind of general 
pattern that we're seeing with a lot of the signings made by by the new regime. Um, what are your thoughts, feelings on the signing? Because obviously there are probably more pressing matters to address in this Chelsea squad, and Chelsea have already added Jao Felix on loan at, and Mikhaila Mudrik as well. Um, he has got a bit of a record for being, you know, injury prone, should we say? Uh, and there, I said, oh, there are probably other are other areas of pitch to address, but at the same time, another young talent. Are you are you excited for for his signing? Um, I'm going to be very honest. Um, I don't like speaking too much about players that I don't follow um, on a regular basis. So I don't know much about him, even though, you know, uh, we know, I know him a little bit from, from his first times, but I don't watch a lot of PSV. So I can't really point out one way or the other. So what I did was I talked to a lot of people that I trust and that uh, have an all, a lot of knowledge on him. And from what they tell me, um, it makes me very excited. He's clearly um, talented and, and the technical ability and adds something that we've been missing in our attack, just a 1v1 kind of winger. Um, I do worry about his injury record. Um, when you put that together with what we're currently going through uh, with our medical department and our fitness coaches, something is it's not right. So unless we address that, I, I will be always worried uh, with players that have a history with injuries. Um, on the upside, if if you go through the through his injury record, I think he had a, a big problem last last season. But even like before that, uh, the injuries weren't as consistent. So something to be hopeful about. Um, and I, as for the other positions that we sh- that I think we need to be addressing or that we should be addressing beforehand, I, I tend to agree because of. Uh, signing Mudrik and 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 João Felix, oh, so weird saying his name in, in English because uh, um, you know in Portuguese we would say João Felix. But anyway, so adding him as well, uh, I would be a lot more. Um, I think it would be a lot more logical if we went midfield or you know addressing right back area. But I just can't fault us for revamping our attack. We have been struggling with scoring goals and all of that, and I and also like the the window is still open. So we we the expectation is we are still going to be adding a midfielder. So I can't fault us. It's it's just an improvement. So I'm not going to be upset about that. Yeah, I think if ever we see Noni Madueki lying on the ground during game, our first thought is just going to be, are you you know Noni? Are you okay? Are you okay, Noni? Um, a really cheesy music line joke there. For everyone listening, um, Jess, we have there has been talks before we go into of Gusto from Leon, a young promising right back. As I said, you we you didn't we don't know too much about Madueke. We don't watch him regularly. I do not know much about Madueke. Gusto again, someone do not know regularly, but he is sort of that you know a backup right back or coming anyways back or a position, but we clearly desperately need. Um, I don't know how much you know about the player, but do you just thoughts, feelings on, you know, potentially getting him to sort of address that issue? Uh, oh, I've watched, uh, personally watched Malagusto a lot more. I think he is incredible. He has a lot of potential. He's very balanced. So, for instance, I love Pedro Coro, Pedro Coro from, from, from Sporting as well, but he's a lot more attacking-minded uh, uh, fullback. So you can see a lot of areas... Um, where he needs to improve in his defensive game as to uh, when you compare it to Malagusto, he's just much more balanced. He, he, he can give that a, a attacking threat, but he also um, 
gets back a lot. He's good in the defensive phase. So he's one signing that I'm very, very surprised that we are being linked with just because of Reese James, who, in my opinion, and maybe I'm completely partial here, but in my opinion, when his feet, he is the best right back in the world. So for any young right back, because I think Mal is just uh, 19 years old, for, for any young back to, to buy into a project, um, you know, potentially buy into a project of having to uh, compete basically with Reese or at least rotate with Reese is, is a very impressive thing. So he was never a name that I thought it would be even feasible for us. I was thinking much more in the terms of we need cover, not someone who can actually compete in a way with Reese or so I mean if we manage to get that right, I'll be I'll be ecstatic. I think he'll be a brilliant, brilliant signing. Nice one. Nice one. Yeah. We will leave the transfer talk there and who knows by the time the next episode is out, we may well have signed some more players to talk about. But let's talk about the football that got played today. It was the lunchtime kickoff against Liverpool. Two teams woefully, woefully out of form. Um, yeah, it was ninth v tenth. Akash, starting with you, what were your kind of main sort of takeaways from that game? So I was on a different stream like just before the match, right? And the only thing I I think a lot of people mentioned on that and. Something that I echoed as well was all I wanted to see was character. I wanted people to show for the ball. I wanted to see some semblance of a plan in attack. And I think this match delivered, right? I, I know we didn't set the pitch on fire. I think there's multiple, you know, elements and kinks in our system that we have to work out still. But it was a huge improvement from where we were, let's say, a couple of weeks back. Uh, albeit, I know, you know, Liverpool were pretty bad. Their midfield didn't, didn't exactly snap into ours. It didn't make life too difficult for us. But... I think there were a lot of positives there. Uh, I think Kukurella, after you know uh, Potter came out on, in the press conference and said that you know he struggled with things off the pitch as well. I think he did a pretty good job on Salah. I think Salah did get did have the beating of him a couple of times, but he more than held his own. And I think Jorginho had a decent game. Conor Gallagher had a couple of moments where there was a lack of quality, but there was a lot of energy. He was. You know, he was all over the pitch. And, you know, Hakim Ziyech is one player that I rate, right? Even if people say that he has problems with his attitude, he doesn't come off as the most positive presence on the field due to his body language. I think if you set up in a way that gives him that one extra second on the ball, he will play people in behind. He will find people in space. And I think he did lay on a couple of chances for Mudrik. And that's a nice segue into a new signing as well, right? He had yeah. one moment where he was... Eden Hazard, the next moment, he became Titus Bramble and... Uh, you know, miscontrolled a couple of balls. Chukwumeka came on, had a couple of good moments, but lost his footing. So, I think uh, there's, there's definitely positives and, you know, I'm looking forward to Chelsea coming back after this break. It, it wasn't like that, let's say, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, yeah. No, Jess, it does sort of feel that, I mean, even in the defeat against Fulham, on, on the attacking side, there, there were glimpses and it does feel now with, with Crystal Palace last weekend and Liverpool today that Slowly but surely, there are some some you know little positives built on us. You know, a, a second clean sheet in a row for for Benoit Badiashile, um, Thiago Silva again the standard, excellent. As Akash pointed out, Kukurella, that was p- perhaps maybe his best performance of the season so far so far for Chelsea. And then you know, obviously we'll get onto him later. Mudrik off the bench was exciting, but what were your just kind of main takeaways for from that game? Um. I thought uh, Badia Shil and Thiago Silva were impeccable. And that makes me very excited because we we were, you know, 
people were scoring against us very easily. And it seems like we found like a foundation almost. And when you think of the possibility of adding Reese James to that, it, it's just, it's for me, it's a, a big positive, obviously Chile as well. As Akash th- uh, talked about um, Kukurele, I think he was very good today. A couple of mistakes in terms of missing uh, passes to Mudrik or stuff like that, but um, he was dealing with personal problems, as we now know, and I was just very, very excited with his performance. Um, in my opinion, midfield was, again, the I won't say the biggest problem, but, but one of the two main issues for me. Um, we looked a lot, like we fought a lot, so we, we got the ball a lot. Connor Gallagher was fighting um, throughout the whole match and winning balls, but we couldn't keep the ball, so it was just a lose, uh, win, win the ball, lose the ball, win the ball, lose the ball. And we just needed to, to, you know, have more passes and, and just keep possession. And I don't think we did that very well. And also our inability to shoot. Uh, we need to be shooting more. Um, we always are looking for, it's almost like these players don't have a lot of confidence at this moment, which is kind of understandable, but there were a lot of times with Mason Mount, with Kai Havertz, with, with Hakim Ziyech, uh, even Connor, when you said shoot, you know, you would scream shoot and they would just look for a pass. And and that was a little bit frustrating. But um, sp- particularly when Mudrik came along, we, we, we lightened up a little bit. And, and when you think about the possibility of adding uh, Madueke to that and, and Felix coming back, I think that's the main positive to 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 look forward to. Uh, it's, it's those players all playing together and the injury players coming back and and regaining fitness and again hopefully and I'm just here praying that we get a midfielder in uh, in this window and that would just be the icing on the top yeah yeah uh, obviously Lewis Hall got a start today but he sort of featured in a midfield role had some you know was solid not not amazing not not awful again missed Mr. Chance to, to get his first Chelsea goal but he, you know he does end up in those promising areas um, Kai Havertz obviously had a goal disallowed for offside it was offside, no complaints uh, there. Um, yeah, and as Jess said, I think there, there were kind of just moments where we just just wish you you know taking touch too many. I mean, Connor did brilliantly to to get in, you know, to get lashed onto a clearance, get into the box, and then he sort of just takes takes a touch sort of away from goal, then hesitates and just ends up getting his shot blocked behind the corner. There were just moments where that that decision making that there's just been a problem with this Chelsea team for for a while now, uh, you know, did hurt us in those areas, and it was. And it was, you know, at times frustrating and it, you know, you kind of think what could have been if we had, you know, just that bit more quality on the pitch. Because as I said, Chelsea and Liverpool, I mean, I was surprised, I was actually perhaps surprised by Liverpool's XG number, but Liverpool 1.33, Chelsea 1.76 and that game ended in a nil-nil draw. Um, Yeah, and that I think meant that Graham Potter since the 1920 season has resided over the most goalless draws or something. Uh, in the Premier League during that time as a manager. Uh, so, yeah, again, but again, Graham Potter could not be the one to put the ball in the back of the net for those players. Um, let's just get into it. Let's just get into perhaps the most exciting part of today. Akash, Mikhailo Mudrik, he made his debut, Come comes on for 35 minutes, 100% tackle success, 14 passes attempted, 13 of those completed, seven duels won, four touches in the opposition box, four, possess- four times possession won, Three tackles made, two take-ons completed, one foul, one one shot, no play on the pitch, completed more dribbles. I mean, he was lively and exciting. I think an image we might see for hopefully for the years to come is that image of him, you know, getting taken down 
by James Milner uh, as he kind of tries to to break past him. That was, you know, a really exciting 35 minutes. It kind of just follows it sort of in the similar vein to what we saw for, from Jao Felix against um, Fulham. One, how nice is it to, was it to see that? And also how, I guess, worrying slash frustrating is it that Mudrick and Felix in, on their debuts have probably been, you know, two of Chelsea's outstanding players and look head and shoulders above the rest of the attackers in the team. Exactly, right? I think uh, that, to me, is the most frustrating part of maybe the last couple of seasons. Because we've invested so much money in the squad. And uh, if you look at the stats last season as well, I think uh, in terms of big chances created, I, uh, Chelsea wasn't as prolific as, let's say, the teams that we were trying to catch. And we've fallen off even more this season, right? So last season, if you look at Brighton's numbers, I think they were... Ninth in the season for expected goals and big chances created, and they finished ninth as well. And after Potter came into our side, our numbers sort of appeared to slide into a similar range and similar territory, which is slightly worrying to me. But I think with the profiles that we're chasing right now, we should see uh, that step up in quality. I think we've complained multiple times that once the ball reaches dangerous areas, it either goes into Kai Havertz on the right wing, who passes it back to someone in midfield, or it comes out to the left and Pulisic is, Pulisic is not the Pulisic of, let's say, a couple of seasons back. He seems to have lost a yard of pace and doesn't like running directly at it. And if it goes into Mason Mount or, you know, Conor Gallagher, they're, they're not natural wingers. And I don't blame them for not having the confidence to, you know, run at a fullback, right? And it, it's also refreshing when, uh, when you know, uh, Mudrik took the ball on and he was gliding past two, three players. I was off my seat and that hasn't happened in a long, long time. And... Uh, it's a bittersweet moment for me because we're Chelsea, right? We've always had those players who, you know, get people off seats. I think it was Joe Cole for me when I started watching and then you had people like, okay, Maluda is maybe a bit of a stretch, but then you had people like Hazard coming in. So, uh, I'm, I'm super gassed to see people like Felix and Mudrik come in and I think Maduroke could be someone who uh, is a similar profile and, you know, with, with a similar skill set. Uh, with Felix, I don't know if, you know, there are chances that he'll convert to a full-time signing. I'm, I'm hoping that happens. And, you know, there is definitely room for uh, players like Mason Mount and Gallagher to find place in midfield. And I think their ambit will be to pass the ball to players, you know, more talented on the ball. And and there's nothing wrong with that, for sure. Yeah. Jess, Madrick, he excite you when, you know, in those 35 minutes he was on the pitch? Well, um, I'm Brazilian, right? So I'm I'm very, very partial to a bit of flair. And we've been missing that um, ever since Eden left. And as as Akash said, I was, you know, the little bit, the time, like right in the beginning where he just took the ball and, and dribbled past uh, Liverpool's um, players. And, and it just gets you off your seat and makes you excited. And, and we've been missing that. So I, I'm very partial to wingers who take on their, you know, their players. I think it's it's a must-have quality. Um, he was very unlucky not to, to score a goal um, with that Akim Ziyech cross, but it just, it, it makes, he was the big, big positive, not on his own, but when I think about what we're planning and, and our long-term idea, when I think about the players that we're targeting, when you think about adding all the pieces and, and not only with uh, Felix, as we said, but the players that are injured, come, injured coming back and, 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 you know, midfield has been an area that I've been crying out for reinforcements. But when you see the instant impact that João had, that Mudrek had, it just makes you go, okay, well, the problem really wasn't just midfield. I mean, that's obvious, but it, it just makes you see how 
how how starved we were, you know, for Mudrik just looked hungry, you know, and 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 that for me was was amazing. I, I, you know, the, the result itself and, and the game, I was very frustrated because I thought um, that we could have won if we knew how to shoot. Uh, particularly in the first half, we were the better team by miles, even if we weren't exactly great and the quality of the game was very poor, to be honest. But even then, we were the better team. So I thought we could could have gotten the, the, the three points. But the positives is... It, 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 for me, it was just, okay, but I can see something, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I can see where we're heading. I can see where the, you know, what the idea is. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't lie. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. indeed. So, so sorry to cut in, Nick, but I That's think fine. I echo exactly what just this said, right? They were there for the taking and it's so frustrating for me because you had Milner who's definitely come, come along in his years and there were, there were multiple places that we could attack them on the pitch, but I think we just missed that bit of quality. And it's so frustrating because they were there for the taking. And uh, yeah, uh, definitely frustrating. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And as said, look, we're now even seeing sort of a, a nice role and Hakim Ziyech sort of becoming quite quite an important part and being quite effective at it in the in the play. And I mean, what a, what a lovely solo goal about sort of would have been if only he'd sort, if only his finishing could have been a bit better there. Akash, like, as as, you know, Positive and as upbeat as we were, like where probably was, you know, there were there were negatives, and it does feel frustrating. It's sort of unfortunate that it's almost becoming a bit unavoidable to to talk about really right now. But that is Mason Mount, a player who mm-hmm. we all love, we all think is brilliant, know his quality, etc. But again, that just felt today another game that passed him by a bit, you know made slightly maybe poor decisions in the wrong moments etc and it just is one of those things where hopefully is it just a case for you that when we sort of get players back in the side that maybe hopefully he can then just just take a breather and and take a rest because he's probably played a bit too much football uh so i think this this two points right i think uh i was having this conversation recently with dan vivek and uh you know sam as well and you know Obviously, people are frustrated, right? So, uh, people are saying maybe he's played so many games in so many different positions. He's just not developed at the pace that people expected him to. And even if he did hit those numbers last season, I think we've discussed this as well. Uh, maybe there's a bit of context that you need to add because the numbers did not match the performances, at least for me. Uh, in the Champions League winning season, he was sublime. He was undoubtedly our best player on the pitch. And you could see him progressing and growing in confidence each match that it went, right? But last season, I think there were multiple games where some games just passed him by. He, he didn't come to grips with the pace of games, but he was still able to up his output. And I, I saw that as a positive. I think this season, the numbers have dipped, the performances have dipped as well. And Sam's opinion is that he's burnt out. He's played too many games over the last three seasons. But I also think he's... Uh, and I am not being cruel, right? I think you know for sure, Nick, as in the amount of backing I've given Mace, right? He, it, it was a dream come true for me to see my idol, Frank Lampard, come in and then blood a, a person from the academy and then see him perform the way he did. But I think there's certain attributes to his game which I don't know if they've improved. So if you look at his final third passing, right? How uh, his interpretation of other people's runs and when to release the ball, I don't think that's seen too much improvement over the last couple of seasons. But other elements of his game have improved. He always puts a defensive shift in and he does, you know, he tracks back always. He, uh, and the, 
people sort of deride these qualities saying he's just a road runner but these are pivotal to any football team for me i think mason ceiling could be vinaldum at liverpool and that's no slight on mason at all because i really really rate rate vinaldum as a player and he did a huge role for a huge very successful team in system where he plugged in gaps left by the full backs and he was always available for the ball and he moved the ball fast to you know more talented people like salah mane and firmino to get on it and if that's the role that mason is fine with accepting i think there's definitely a place for him in the squad but with him as a primary creator i think i i don't think this team can progress too much and you know i'm i'm happy to be proven wrong i'm happy if he progresses and becomes a frank lampard sort of player with 10 plus goals in assists every season but i personally at least on the basis of this i think he's more suited to a role in midfield where he's, he he is you know he sort of enables other more talented players yeah yeah jess i get anything to add sort of on the mount conversation because it is you know getting frustrating of sort of maybe at the start of the season you're kind of able to to try and excuse it a bit that you know he'll get back into it and we did kind of see a little bit under Potter you know putting that that man of match display at the San Siro way and he played 45 minutes there sort of were were moments but it just sort of seems again you know recently that it's sort of just reverting back to sort of what we've seen for for the majority of the season um how I guess concerned are you in general with Mace Gimfab that his performance he's not really improved post Champions League win you know last season as I could, and we point out his numbers and output was great it increased a lot from previous season but I think we'd all agree that his sort of general performance had dipped but now we'd not gotten the numbers to back you know getting those those contributions to back it up in his jump form dipped I guess how concerned are you with Mason just given and again this is a really lazy comparison to throw out there but you know seeing we saw someone like Deli Ali shine bright you know burst onto the scene at a young age shine bright and you look at him now and I'm not saying Mason is sort of near the Deli Alley, you know, levels yet, but it is just something to maybe keep an eye on a player that probably played a lot of football and is ultimately just probably, we need to be probably really careful with, with how we manage him because as I said, there is a player there, but we probably just need to just put in a, put in a position suited to him. Um, I wouldn't say I'm concerned uh, just because, and, and this is something that I think it's, is unanimous, right? We're a Chelsea fans. Um, so I'm I'm a fan of the club and and I'm before any player. Having said that, I like Mason Mount a lot. I think when he is at his best, he helps the club and he has shown that um with with the goals, with this with the assists, with the UCL run, we know what he can do. I don't know what exactly has been going on. Um I I I tend to agree with Sam when he says is just that he's burned out with the number of games that he, you know that he has to that he had to play in um, fitness injuries. I think also um, confidence. I think his confidence is very very low. Um, I think when you you know you play him as a winger, it's not his position. We all know that he sees himself as a midfielder. That his qualities fit a midfielder much more than a winger. And then, but he is playing as a winger and then he's not scoring, then he's, his confidence dip and, and he's not in the best form. So, you know, he's in a poor form and I, I agree um, that he needs to be benched. I don't, I think maybe the only reason he is starting right now is because of the injuries that we're having. Um, I don't know if he would be starting if we had, let's say, uh, Nicola Conte. And now with the signings that we made, I can't see him in the starting 11. 
and and that's fine to admit he's not in his best form um and i actually think the best for him might be to stay some time on the bench and to work on on himself and to get back to his best but as i said in the beginning i when he is at his best he makes us better as a, as a team and so i still believe that that he can go back to that um so yeah i i wouldn't say i'm exactly concerned but as as you said uh, chelsea first always so whatever is 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 best for the club i'm not going to be cuz i think the problem with with mason mount is um and same thing happens with georgie is you know are the extremes so you have people defending them to the death and people picking apart things that in my opinion shouldn't be picked apart um and 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 that kind of that can um obscure uh your analysis somewhat i don't know if that makes sense but you know you have to try to stay uh, stay logical and i think if you look back he has shown what he can offer and i believe in what he can offer but i also believe right now he is not performing to the level that he needs to be performing therefore as of this moment i'm seeing him as a squad player um seeing someone who can um help the team but can't be starting at the moment at this moment in time but i still believe in his talent because i saw what he can do yeah, no, I agree. And we've seen, and we've got, you know, a, a back catalogue of, of evidence with Mace. It's, you know, this is his first really poor season in a Chelsea shirt to follow three, you know, pretty promising ones. Um, but, you know, and, and one to, to one of those to a, to a really high level. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. It, it's it's obviously frustrating to see a Mace and hopefully for his sake, we can get to a point where we can maybe take him out of the firing line because there is a, there is a top player there. And, you know, hopefully some time on the bench, fire him up and can get him back to his best. And Jess just mentioned Georgie there. Again, I thought that was really solid from Georgie. He didn't, you know, wasn't perhaps troubled too much, wasn't, you know, under much pressure, but he was just a solid game for Georgie. And for that, but, you know, I reckon most people watching my game probably wouldn't have noticed Jorginho a huge amount, which isn't really, you know, a bad thing at all. He just went about went about his work and did his job and was pretty solid. Um, yeah. Um, I guess I just quickly... When you before I kind of just move on to the jump picture, Kai Havertz obviously gets a goal disallowed for offside. What have you on the pod last week? Trust and I just kind of had a big discussion on Kai and the future and kind of like what what is this sort of this player etc. And there is and he is frustrating. And today, you know, again, unfortunately, he's a bit unfortunate that that goal is disallowed. But we are seeing, you know, I guess a few more moments consistently, albeit not seeing an all round game being quite put together yet, but are you sort of, there's a lot of questions around Kai, but are you being slightly more encouraged by what you're seeing just in these last, you know, few games? He's by no means been, been exceptional or, you know, really amazing, but there's just been little signs that he's been sort of less anonymous in, in, in some of these games uh, compared to what, what he has been. Uh, for sure. I know Travis's opinion on Kai pretty well and uh, uh, he, he doesn't hold back right when he talks about Kai. But the thing for me is if, if if a seventy five million player, and the bar for bar for him is that he's less anonymous, I think he's already failed. Yeah, there, right? But I would try and be a little bit because me and Dan were huge fans of Kai when he came in, and I think there's a bit of prestige attached to him performing well for me because I stake so much of my reputation on saying you know Kai is going to be this huge player for us. Uh, I think there's elements that he's improving for sure. He is getting on the ball a lot more, which I think he did at Leverkusen. He kept dropping in that you know right-hand channel, demanding the ball. He's doing that a bit more now. He's not being bullied off the ball you know, as much as he did. 
but we bought him to be a presence in and around the box and to score and create goals is he doing that he's not until he starts doing that i think he's still underperforming relative to our expectations and if if he was a youngster i think what he was doing right now would be excused but he was bought in for a substantial amount of money to create instant impact he did win us the champions league he did win us you know uh, the club world cup in abu dhabi as well but if he's going to hold the place down especially with the amount of investment we're doing and we're being linked with multiple names in the striker striker area as well right we're being linked with osimhen and vlahovic and there are obviously players who offer so much more in in and around you know between between you know between the posts and people are saying that boli wants to bring someone of that profile in if that happens i don't see kai having too much of uh, a long term future and they are probably travis is going to like <laughs> this part of the pod uh, but yeah, i think unless he starts hitting some consistent numbers of let's say 10 goals in a season uh, I, i don't see too much of a future for kai yeah no fair enough look is then i think there's been as i said i can't talk about the signs with kai you know get gets his goal last week had some moments against fulham you know was caused liverpool's backline a few problems today and i guess that in itself is encouraging but we do do need to see more and yeah might you know kind of similar to what we said i said with travis last week Jess, I'll just kind of move it on to to Graham Potter because he's a man who was under a lot of pressure, you know, as this month has gone on. And there's a lot of people who, while they would have been, you know, like us, we've been defending him, we still said we kind of need to see a bit more from Graham Potter. Um, I guess, how are you kind of, I know it's only been sort of a couple of games, you know, now, but that's, that is two games unbeaten, uh, two games with clean sheets, two games where we were relatively solid defensively and we created you know decent amounts as I say it's not Potter's fault but the players can't put the ball in back of the net what were you kind of just thoughts feelings or on Graham Potter sort of at this moment in time because you know there's some as I said we've seen Lewis Hall sort of now he is Lewis Hall seems to be sort of his player this season but we're gonna see quite a bit of moving forward you know maybe he now might have a sort of a role for Hakim Ziyech in this team moving forward he's you know seemingly been quite happy to to rightfully I think put Azpilicueta Uh, to the substitutes bench, even if that has sort of meant Trevor Chalabar playing sort of as a as, as a right centre back or right back at times. Um, I said he's found sort of a role for Ziyech. He's now got you know Felix and Mudrik to work with. Suni, what your just kind of thoughts, feelings are on Graham Potter and sort of you know what you've seen from him these last last few games? Um, okay, uh, I'm gonna touch on two points here. First of all. Um, I have been wanting us, you know, as a club to really address our squad for a long time now. I didn't want Thomas Tuchel to get sacked. I wanted him to have time to build a squad because as we know, we have players for, you know, from basically five different managers, players that suit completely different styles. So I wanted him to stay and have the time to build his squad. But he got sacked, we got Potter in and I understand when when people you know give him criticism and say oh he's objective criticism and say that for for any maybe for 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 a reason that they don't feel that he is the right fit for Chelsea. But what I will say is I'm trying to stay con- consistent so I'm not going to judge him um too much at least until we we give him a proper squad because even Thomas Tuchel who in my opinion is one of the best coaches you know in on the field one of the best coaches in the world uh struggled when he didn't have Rhys James and 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 Chile um so i think first and foremost 
I, uh, I agree with what the board's doing right now, what the owners are doing right now, um, trying to, to create and, and construct this balanced squad. And when you give him that, then I can judge uh, whether or not I, I feel that he can, uh, you know, take Chelsea to, to glory again and, 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 you know, win us trophies. Having said that, as any man manager, uh, I agree with some of his decisions. I don't agree with others. Um, as you said, I I I was very impressed with his decision to start Trev um, ahead of Aspilicueta because obviously Aspi is is a, such a senior player um, and you know who has won everything with the club. And I honestly don't think don't feel like Thomas Tuchel would would do something like this. And it's something that I liked. Um, uh, uh, the same way that he pretty much dropped uh, Aubameyang. And, and so I agree with some of his decisions. But then again, I don't think Alba has a, a has a future at the club. So what's going on with Pofana? Shouldn't you be giving him the chance? And again, we've talked about Mason being out of form. And I know we have a lot of injuries, but you could argue maybe uh, Karn should be playing, uh, obviously, today. Kova had a problem and it didn't even feature in the squad. So it's just, there's just so much going on that it becomes a little bit difficult to judge Potter because of, you know, we ha of having 12 players injured and, and all of this going on. But again, yeah, I'm not, I'm trying not to judge him too much and just trying to see what's, what's been happening in it. And as you've said, uh, for the past two games, I can sort of see something uh, resembling uh, style of play and resembling us feeling uh, solid in defense again. So there are uh, positives, but at least in my mind, um, I'm giving him this window and and the summer window, and then then I'm gonna gonna be a lot more critical, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, of course. So I think it's quite hard to sort of you know really judge, and I think any manager would with the amount of injury problems. But Graham Potterface would struggle. And I said mainly Christians could he have maybe handled some situations better. And of course, I think that that's a fair thing to throw at his door. But at the same time, it, it's still, you know, pretty brutal hand he's been dealt. And it's been, you know, Chelsea for the last two games have actually been quite nice to watch as well. Like before, even then, it was just pretty joyless. And Chelsea have actually been quite nice to watch. It played some some nice stuff. So so yeah, that's nice. Um I was just kind of sticking with you. Obviously, there's no FA Cup game next weekend because Chelsea there's no game next week of Chelsea because it's FA Cup round and Chelsea are out of that competition which means Chelsea's next game is Friday the 3rd of February against Fulham uh, a couple of questions here here for you one like how I think big is it that Potter will now actually have time on the training ground he's like a, a, a decent sustained period of time on the training ground pairs probably maybe his first one of his first real opportunities to have like any any meaningful full time of them and then obviously with that you know Chelsea have got a relatively kind run of fixtures coming up in Premier League. Not not easy by any means, but relatively kind. We've got Fulham at home, West Ham away, Southampton at home, Spurs away, okay. Uh, and then Leeds at home, Leicester away, Everton at home. That's, you know, that's February and March. And I don't think we should be necessarily worrying about league position too much right now. More maybe just kind of seeing what we're, you know, seeing like today sort of in terms of actually stuff on pitch and some good, good performances. But on that... That's quite a kind run of, of fixtures for Chelsea. Is sort of this coming period actually quite a... How do you kind of view this period? Is it one where, like, you think we should actually should learn quite a lot about, you know, the, this team and what it can achieve, especially with hopefully players like Reese James and Mencher, well, you know, returning to returning from injury at some point during this period? If we're able to sort out 
the midfield signing in January, then I think there's obviously going to be a lot more scrutiny on Potter and it will be the same for me. I'll definitely expect a lot more. Because that, that's one area of the pitch where uh, obviously Jorginho has his qualities and uh, coach, which I think has sort of umpteed his career where he's, he's messed up his knee and he can badly get around the pitch. But if we're able to bring in someone like, let's say, Caicedo, who's obviously a great player, right? He's, he's someone I rate really high. And someone who Potter knows how to use. Then he'll definitely be expecting a lot more of Potter in in the period between now and the end of the season. And if we're still turning in listless performances like we did versus City uh, in, in the 4-0 loss, then I have no issues if Potter is sacked. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, conjecture, conjecture on Twitter and there's a lot of uh, you know, mud being thrown around saying you're not a true fan if you don't trade Potter. I have no reason to have an emotional connection to Graham Potter. He's done nothing for the club. He's come in. He's doing a decent job. Brighton, for me, turned a corner this season. I think they were still very slow on the ball. They were a bit ponderous in play last season. And this season, when uh, they started giving up more of the ball and started hitting teams on the counter is when they started becoming really, you know, that very fun, fun to watch team. And considering now that we have the profiles in attack and if we're able to sort out one body in defence, I, I will be expecting a lot more from Potter. I don't care if, you know, we draw a lot of games and we finish, let's say, 8th or ninth, but if we're not able to show any tangible progress on the pitch, I think jury's out on Potter. And I honestly don't... I wouldn't be too upset if he's like yeah, and I, I don't think that's sort of an outrage to him because I think like a lot of us, you know, football is emotional and there's attachment and there's support and that's kind of why we love it. And I said, there's no reason to sort of have any strong feeling for Graham Potter one way or the other. So, yeah, I think that that's fair. Jess, obviously, that's, you know, a quite a, a decent run of fixtures there. But, you know, it's a, not easy games by any means and teams fighting for, for different objectives during that run. But given what we've seen kind of the last two games, is it just, again, a chance just to try and just keep so build build momentum just just during this period and, and I guess just just see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely. Build momentum. Uh, let the players, you know, the new players get to know each other, um, creating that confidence again. Um, and again, I'm talking about you know maybe the injured players coming back. We know Chile and and Reese are already training. I think Golo won't come back until March. And we're gonna have the the Champions League game against Dortmund, and 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 so it's important for us to to create some sort of 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 style, you know, to to get the players in sync, and it's a a very good opportunity. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. An interesting, and intriguing run of run of games, and a chance for Chelsea just to to get momentum and climb up the league table. And I guess you know, just who knows what will, will happen. I think top four is is a big task, and it's it's a long way off, but. You know, Chelsea can can just get a, put a run of form together. Obviously, it's not granted something they've not really done this season. But if that's something they can do, then it just gives us something to look forward to, and it gives you know, I guess, something to to look forward to in in these last few months of the season. Because it would be nice for this season to be more than just looking forward to seeing these fancy new signings playing and seeing what they can can achieve in a Chelsea shirt. But yeah, there's a lot of you know, it's a big big period coming up for Chelsea because obviously, in between in this run, there are two Champions League games against Dortmund. And Akash, I'll just kind of go back to you on this. I mean, prior to these two games, I mean, it's a it's a pretty simple question. It's probably not the most interesting one, but how much is your, has your confidence for the Borussia Dortmund tie changed at all during the, these last two games, uh, given, given the performances we've seen? Because understandably, confidence, you know, when the draw came out for Borussia Dortmund, I think probably a lot of us were like, oh, it's a pretty... Pretty good draw, and then seeing what what we've been seeing for recently, you probably thought, oh, that might be a step too far. But then, 
given what what you've seen sort of on pitch from the last two games and the signings coming in, is your what, where, where's your sort of stance on that, and has your confidence sort of in that tie changed based on on these last two games? Uh, I think we can definitely take Dortmund. So, uh, as much as I watched them in the Bundesliga this season, I think they are pretty wasteful in terms of chances, right? So, I think they have a young forward line. They have people like MNEK and Mukoko who are obviously just maturing. Uh, and they obviously do create a lot because they're an adventurous team, but they also waste a lot of chances. So, I think we will ride our luck. But, you know, considering we look a lot better on the ball, especially after Bediashil has come in and... Uh, you know, like just mentioned, right? Thiago Silva is a god. Uh, how we'll replace him, I have no idea because he's an absolute cheat code. Uh, right from build-up where he can take the ball under any amount of pressure and, you know, he attacks loose balls like someone maybe half his age. He, you know, rushes across players and sort of clears balls and I haven't seen anyone do that since John Terry did that for us. And, you know, he, it's just a blessing to sort of see him turn out for us. Uh, considering that we have both of them, I think we'll be a lot more you know, uh, comfortable defensively and I'm a lot more confident. But uh, again, depends on how we approach. If the game against Fulham, you know, and we revert to type and we look clueless on the ball, then obviously I'll be a lot less confident. But yeah, I'm hoping we make it at least to the quarters. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I guess it's just, just nice there to be a bit of a happier feeling around Chelsea right now. Um, I think that probably wraps it up for this episode of Chess Podcast. It's a lot shorter than recent episodes, people, but I think that's possibly also a good thing as well. And there are less games to discuss. Uh, no questions this week. I just didn't take them. Um, I want to thank my two guests for coming on. Uh, Akash, thank you for coming on, my man. You know, again, you, you're unbeaten, I think, on the pod this season. Leicester and, uh, and, um, and, and Liverpool, so I'll probably need to get you on more. But before you go, give yourself one last plug where people can find you. Uh, yep. So, uh, if I'm activated on Twitter, you can find me at Akash Hebbar CFC8 uh, and uh, on Instagram at Akash.Hebbar. Nice one, nice one. And Jess, it was a lot happier, I guess, discussion this time than it was last time you were on. Uh, thank you for coming on, as always. So, tell people where they can find you. Um, thank you for uh, so much for having me. I'm on Twitter at Trata. Uh, and yeah, one loss, uh, a draw. So, hopefully next time it will be a win. Yeah, hopefully start trending in the right direction. As for us, we're on Twitter about ChessPod, Instagram about ChessPod, on all your usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please leave a rating and review. It goes a long way and say whenever I tweet, put out any likes, retweets, goes a long way. And look, we'll be back to discuss Fulham. So until then, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network.